Hello and welcome to the SteelerNation.com podcast, sponsored by Stony Brewing, the official beer of the Steeler Nation Brotherhood. Enjoy our discussion and crack a Stonies. Pure, honest beer. I'm your host, G. Stryker, and today we have the pleasure of having one of the featured writers from po- and podcasters from BehindTheSteelCurtain.com, Anthony DeFeo, or as I like to call him, Tony! <laughs> My Steeler brother from another mother. How the hell are you, man? I'm, 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 I'm awesome tonight, and I'm, uh, thank you for having me on. Oh, I'm super happy to have you, man, because... Uh, it, for uh, our listeners and, and uh, to let our people know at SteelerNation.com, Tony and I go back way before we started doing our own podcasts and features and writing for our respective websites. And um, gosh, we met, we had to met at least 12 years ago, Tony. <laughs> met you in one of my volleyball games with uh, Dish. Yes. Chris Dish Rune, our, our mutual friend. Yeah. Yep. Uh, you and your, your wife, Kate, and, and uh, you cheered us on. I think you cheered us to victory that night. Yeah, so it's been it went out and party over a decade. It, yeah, it has. Yeah, and I know it was out in Pittsburgh because uh, that's, you know, I don't live in Pittsburgh. But it was fun to come out and, and meet up with you. And I know we, we went to a couple parties over at, at Dish's house. And we uh, always, we, we grew up a pretty quick friendship because we both have a love of Pittsburgh sports, especially with the Steelers. And, uh, you know, we always we would always talk and bounce off ideas from each other, which is always super cool. So I was super happy to find that you started writing for Behind the Steeler or Behind the Steel Curtain dot com. And how did you get into that? What was your uh, process and how did you start writing for them? Uh, actually, it was funny. Um, it was the, the summer of the, the last time Pittsburgh made the Super Bowl, which was 2010. Yeah, I had my own I was doing research, mm-hmm. you know, various topics oh. behind the store curtain, and I started writing fan posts, and I did that throughout the entire 2010 season. And then after after the, uh, Super Bowl 45 mm-hmm. uh, against the Packers, the editor at the time, mm-hmm. Michael Bean, he he emailed me and asked me if I would like to uh, in a main part of the site, and I've been doing that ever since. That's Nine, uh, eight eight years now. Wow, <laughs> that is something else. And now is uh, Jeff Hartman? Is he the one that's taken over now? Yeah, Jeff Hartman's been the editor since 2015, I believe. Neil mm-hmm. Kulong, he was he was the guy for a few years, and then Jeff took over in 2015, and he's been doing a, a great job ever since. It's one of the uh, most popular Steelers sites around. Yeah. It's got ten articles a day. It's a uh, it's a really great site for for all Steeler fans of all. Uh, shapes and sizes, people who are diehard, people who are casual. It, yeah. It's got something for everyone. I, I definitely pop into there to get my Steeler knowledge as well. I pop in like four or five different sites just to read up and see all the new the news that's going on with the team and, and to keep up on all the new features. So uh, it's really great to see what Jeff's doing over there. And um, now when you're writing, I know you do more features as opposed to like day-to-day um, writing. So are you allowed complete freedom with the topics you want to broach and, and how you want to write? Yeah, Jeff, Jeff, uh, pretty much gives me free reign. Uh, you know, there, there are certain things like obviously obvious things that you can't really get into. People don't like to hear, you know, read about that kind of stuff. You know, like you know, we, we had to talk about the anthem a couple of years ago. That was a, yeah, a yeah. hot button topic, but, but, you know, as far as like, as long as it's Steeler related, as long as it's you know classy and and not profane, and we we pretty much have free reign to touch on every uh, any subject we want. That's perfect, man. 
And now I hear also that you're broaching into podcasting. You've got a great podcast over there as well. So uh, tell us, our listeners, a, a little bit about your podcast so they can listen to that as well. Uh, yes, uh, uh, it, I'm a co-host of the Steelers Hangover with uh, Brian Anthony Davis. He's more the quarterback, and I'm the receiver. Nice. He's, he's got all the equipment. Yeah. But uh, yeah, we do that during the season. It's it, it's supposed to be Monday nights after after a Steeler game. If they play on Sunday, it's at 9:30 on the following Monday night. Uh-huh. But uh, it's actually it's actually um, every uh, Monday night now. So uh, usually we we do the show around six in the off season, and then it it's uh it's available the next the next day on a tuesday usually and uh starting in the uh during the regular season we'll be doing we'll be back to uh being on the air at 9:30 and in the next couple of weeks it'll be we'll be doing our show on uh Google Hangouts oh, so very you'll, be, cool. you'll get to see both of our faces on uh on the internet so oh that's a cool so, way uh, to do it that's smart yeah hopefully I, i'm i'm savvy enough to to figure it out but uh <laughs> i think i'll be fine eventually yeah, it'll work out. It's kind of like Skype. It works pretty well, though. It's easy to use. Very cool, man. So um, now that you're podcasting and you're also doing um, uh, work over there, I, I know, at least for me as a Steeler fan, we, we've kind of gotten past the preseason for the preseason. And uh, Steelers fortunately had a healthy and productive minicamp and OTA. What did you like the most about the offseason workouts this year? What I like the most, and it might be corny, I, I just like how how together everybody was, how, how yeah. cohesive, and, and and how determined they all seemed to be to 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 forge a three man bond or however many players are are actually yeah on the roster at the moment, because you know everything that happened with the, in the off season with Antonio Brown and and obviously Levy on Bell the last couple of years, and the Steelers really had a uh, uh, they were really developing a, a pretty bad reputation nationally, and, yes. and people were, were down on them. So yeah. it was nice to see that you know you, you saw like you saw like Alejandro Villanueva and, and T.J. Watt going fishing. You saw yeah. Anthony Chicolo and Ryan Switzer singing the from all you know the stuff with Children's Hospital. Yeah, obviously uh, rallying around Ryan Shazier as he continues to battle back from his uh, his spinal injury in 2017. They seem like they're really focused on on on. I'm taking a, a, a new direction as far as a positive uh, mm-hmm. uh, thing for, for, for the city of Pittsburgh and for the National Football League. And, Tony, that was a breath of fresh air for me because as a Steeler fan, I was white at the end of the season. I, I thought it I thought it was probably the least pleasurable experience with all of the off-season issues um, with Le'Veon Bell. Will he, won't he, he didn't. With Antonio Brown and, and the circus that he brought to the table week in and week out with, you know, both uh, police blotter things with speeding in the car, throwing stuff out of a window at a hotel, uh, and then continuing up through to finally giving up on the team in the last uh, last week of the year. So, you know, it was it's definitely been a breath of fresh air and has reinvigorated me as a fan Um, when I was just completely wiped out last year. Now I'm super excited to see the young guys, the new young leadership with Connor and Juju Schuster, Juju Smith Schuster. And of course, Hayward, who's always been a team leader and Ben really stepping up to become the leader of the team. He's always kind of. it seems like delegated leadership. He said things when he thinks he needs to say things, but it seems like his word is kind of coming out in front and he's showing it in a positive light this year. It seems. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. He he really got caught up in, in everything that happened with Antonio Brown. His yeah, his reputation. You know, people were really uh, hammering uh, Big Man. You know, as far as his his part and and the rift between the two of them, and you know, people were trying to say he was he was more at fault. But you know, really, the guy who was the the making all the noise, Antonio Brown. I think he was the one who was really to blame for all that. And and, and yeah. Ben. You know, he, he's more and more year after year, he's becoming uh, more of a leader, especially with the young receivers. He sort mm -hmm. of took James Washington under his wing and he, he criticized him last year after the yeah. Denver game. And, and James Washington, instead of, instead of moping about it, instead of I need to get better. And you saw how committed he's been this off season. He's lost a lot yeah. of weight. Yeah. He's, he's been working out and, and, and trying to, to better his craft. And, you know, when you got a, a quarterback like Ben, throwing you the ball i mean what 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 more could you want as a second year receiver that's true and to tell you the truth i was you know super upset obviously that we lost the talent of one of the best receivers in the league um this year but in it looking at the additions that we've gotten with um you know dante moncrief uh who's a he's a legit number two receiver i mean i, I think he played did he play with um, T.Y. Hilton when he first came in? Who was his, who was the number one when he came to Indianapolis Colts? I think it was still uh, – uh, um, uh, I'm drawing a blank. It's the offseason. Reggie Wayne? Oh, you're right. T.Y. Hilton was – it was T.Y. Hilton and uh, Reggie Wayne on the same team. So we were both right. <laughs> so that was cool. But I think, yeah, that was Reggie Wayne's last year, and then T.Y. was um, – the number one the following season with Dante being his number two with you know that's one of his best years you're saying 64 receptions 733 yards six touchdowns that's that's the kind of production that we're going to need uh on the other side of um Juju uh, Smith-Schuster as well so uh but uh, to me too like I'm kind of uh interested to see how this group's going to shake up because initially I thought they brought in Moncrief to essentially play the deep receiver role, but watching his film and seeing the type of receiver, it looks like he's kind of there to play the X receiver, kind of what um, Antonio Brown used to play. He's running crisp roots. Um, he's a combative receiver. He's good at getting off the line. Um, obviously, they drafted another receiver who's what I, I've been saying in past podcasts and in articles uh, is the best receiver I've ever seen at getting off the line and off of the press in college football in uh, Dante Johnson. So um, it's it, it, Deontay Johnson, and, and um, so I'm I'm really excited to see how they're going to both work at that spot. So, do you think that they're going to keep, since they have you know essentially the X receiver, if they're going to lock down with the rookie, and if they're going to rock lock down with um, with Moncrief, and the other side looks like the deep receiver role to Washington again, um, and then somebody else popping up underneath has to help out there. I don't know if Juju's going to pop over there as well, or if they're just planning on keeping Juju in the slot. Um, how do you see that working out right now? Oh gosh. I, I'm, uh, I think, uh, I think they, 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 they're all interchangeable. From what you heard, yeah. uh, they said about Johnson, you know, a lot of people said, well, he's a slot receiver. That's what I yeah. thought too, yeah. based on, on how, how quick he was off the line of scrimmage, but yeah. they're saying he could play on the outside. Yeah. And, and and Juju has has experience in the slot. Yeah, you know he, he did that his first two seasons. Plus he could play, he obviously he he showed a uh, ability to get open deep. Mm -hmm. And and as you said, Moncrief is is uh, is a deep threat as is Washington. So I think they're all interchangeable, and I think they're all gonna uh, 
obviously they're all going to make the team. The, the question is, do they go with uh, who are the who are going to be the, the you know, I guess Ryan Switzer going to get more of a role this year. Yeah. Now that he has, he'll, he'll be in the offense for an entire year, and mm-hmm. and, and what about uh, uh, Eli Rogers? You yeah. know, he's been he's been their primary slot guy for for a couple of years now. Is he going to is he going to be able to hold on to his job? So I think what to say about Deontay Johnson? Obviously, he's a rookie. He hasn't played in pads yet for them, so he yeah. might he might have trouble uh, catching. There, it's not always easy for a rookie receiver. You know, Juju made it look easy in 2017. Yeah, so he did. <laughs> it's not always that, it's not always that easy for the rookie guy for the rookies. But but I, I think uh, I think they can all you know the X Y Z. You know, like Antonio Brown, he was probably his best role was as a slot receiver, even though he was the number one receiver in, as far as production and stats but he was his best fit was in the slot and Heinz Ward was like that for many years he was he was a a, prime, a typical slot receiver even though he was your number one guy so I think I think that you know they can all play all all three of those positions yeah and I think Deontay Spencer too is was making some waves in the CFL in Canada and from what I've seen from his tape he's a, also a great slot receiver He's also can run on the outside. He's an excellent route runner. He's he really didn't have much tape seeing him getting off the line of the scrimmage and press because with the CFL, it's you're allowed to be running full speed at the line of scrimmage when the ball is snapped. So that'll that aspect will have to be seen in camp and in the preseason. Uh, but he may also make waves, also being a, a a potential returner as well, which they're looking for uh, punt returner, kick returner. So that's going to put a lot of pressure on our current kick returners in both Eli Rogers and Switzer with the only ones with Steeler experience in returning punts and kicks, at least for, uh, for our team now that Antonio Brown is gone. Um, so I think that those guys are going to have a lot of pressure put on them, especially since they are only slot receivers. I don't see Switzer or um, uh, Eli Rogers translating to being an outside receiver. So you know how the Steelers like position flexibility in their decision-making for teams. So it'll be interesting to see how that final fight's going to come down because I think it's going to be a big fight this year. Yeah. And, 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 and you mentioned uh, Spencer as a return specialist, but yeah. Deontay Johnson, he was, he was really good at, at that in, in college yeah. too. At, at yeah. Toledo. So, I mean, there's somebody who could, who could take that job as a rookie and, mm-hmm. and that might cost Rogers and or Switzer a spot on the roster. So, yeah, I yeah. mean, it's, it's going to be a really interesting battle in the receiver room during training camp. It's going to be a lot of fun to follow and to watch. Yeah. I'm looking forward to it. Me too, man. And one point, too, I want to make that a lot of people aren't talking about, but I think it needs to be said is, you know, with all of this stuff that happened with Antonio Brown leaving, I think this might be uh, one of Ben's biggest years for him to shine, to really, I, I think he's really going to take this whole negativity aspect from the previous years and use it as motivation to show what he can do. And time and time again, he's shown that he's been able to make receivers better than what they're able to be because he's just a fantastic quarterback. He can put the ball on a dime on, on spots where only his receiver can get there and they, they're making plays. So a lot of times receivers don't do as well when they leave. You know, obviously there's some exceptions, but for the most part, the team the, the receivers that have their best years with Ben have their best years with Ben so <laughs> and when they go to another team they, they don't do as well but they can still have some success um but uh but yeah I'm, I'm just psyched to see how Ben is going to use that past season as fuel for his upcoming season to make himself better and to show 
that he can make everybody better on the team because now instead of just you know really keying in on Antonio Brown and in clutch situations, he's he's got the option of you know six possibly six different wide receivers, up to three different tight ends, and we have you know some good pass catching running backs also with Connor and and uh, J Sam, and I, I love Jalen Samuels especially as a receiver too, and uh, out of the backfield, and I think he's probably our best receiver out of the backfield. Um, so it'll be really interesting to see how he uses all of his weapons this year to kind of show that, hey, you know, we don't need to rely on one guy or two guys. We can make this thing really work with the cast. Yeah, and I think, it, you know, Ben does – you mentioned he, he can he can throw the football anywhere he needs to, and, and he doesn't get enough credit for that. I mean, yeah. people always talk about him as, oh, he's just a, a, a schoolyard uh, passer. He, you know, he likes to improvise, which he, it's true. It's yeah. part of his what makes him who he, he is. That's why he's going to the Hall of Fame, Yeah, one of the reasons. But yep. if you look at how he's progressed since 2012, since they, they forced him to, to – since Art the Second wanted him to tweak his game, you know, quote unquote. Yeah. You know, I mean, he's one of the, his passer rating is, is exceptional. His his uh, uh, completion percentage, you know, he's led the league in, I think, passing yards twice now. Mm-hmm. Uh, yes. The, the, yep. You know. And yeah, especially so, like last year, he just let it last. Nobody likes to to give. It seems Ben nationally, he doesn't like to give. No one likes to give Ben credit nationally about what he accomplishes for a season and last year he led the league in like six different passing statistics which usually you know analysts go gaga over if you're leading the league in attempts completions and yardage like they're you're seen as a media darling like oh look at manning's done this year look at all these yards look at all these uh you know all these completions he's he's amazing but ben seems to get zero recognition out of it i know he tied breeze the one year to the exact yardage uh, the first year that he led the league in um, in passing, and then this this past year he led it alone. Uh, I mean, there, but there's always this this blend of negativity when it comes with Bandex. Hey, but he also led the league in interceptions. So <laughs> it's like the guy can't yeah, win for trying. Well, there was a stat that somebody posted on behind us to a curtain. We we huh. brought it up a couple of times this offseason. His 16 interceptions, hmm. ten of them were uh, when he was targeting. Antonio Brown. So yeah. what that means is he's not going to have somebody. He's not going to feel the pressure this year of having to get the ball to Antonio Brown because we yeah. both know everybody knows Antonio Brown wanted the ball and he wanted the ball all the time. He oh, complained yeah. about not getting it for one quarter. That <laughs> he mentioned he didn't throw it to me in the the entire first quarter. So he's not going to have you know there isn't going to be anybody in his ear saying get me the ball, get me the ball, get me the ball. Yeah. So yeah. he's going to have the entire playbook at his disposal. Whoever's open. He's going to try to get him the ball if he, you know, hopefully he'll develop trust with people like James Washington and the rookies. Yeah. And, and, and you mentioned Jalen Samuels. He's probably the, yes. as you said, the best pass catching running back that they have. And he's like somebody you could probably use, you know, in a tight end role, uh, you yeah. know, at least, you know, on the fly because you don't have a, a, a proven number two tight end now behind Vance McDonald. And, yeah. and he came into the league, meaning Samuels with the reputation of being able to, to play that position too. So yeah. he's going to have a, a, a full array of, of, of weapons at his disposal. And, and it's just going to be a, a interesting to see, because you mentioned how motivated he's probably going to be oh, I mean, he's been hearing yeah. it. Yeah. He doesn't say a whole lot mm-hmm. unless it's kind of, you know, passive aggressive, but you know, he lets it, he lets his, uh, his uh, play speak for itself on the field. So he's coming into a 16th year. He's got a lot to prove. He still wants that, third ring maybe even fourth ring so i yeah. mean this 
this is going to be a great year to 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 see what he can do. And you're right too about Jalen Samuels. He was officially drafted as a tight end. Um, at least that's what they listed him as. But if you go back and watch his film, he was essentially a scat back or a slot hybrid slot receiver. He ran a lot of jet sweeps from that hybrid slot spot and ran a ton of slot patterns. So I thought back when the Steelers drafted him two years ago that, hey, here's our next great slot receiver. They're going to make this guy a slot receiver. Um, but no, they just made him a running back. And it was the first year that he, that he ever committed to being a running back all through college. He was just the scat back player. And he did an excellent job as a running back. I mean, he's getting touchdowns, both, you know, two receiving touchdowns, I think, out of the backfield and had a that big game against the Patriots where he had over 100 yards um, total. I just got, geez, I think he got close to 175 yards that game, rushing and receiving. He was just a, a, a really versatile back in that game. So it's nice to see the Steelers seeing the talent in the guy saying, yeah, we can commit to this guy being a running back, but he's also got this excellent receiving experience as well I mean he caught oh my goodness I think it was close to 80 balls a year for three years in a row I mean just a a ton of balls so um he knows what he's doing and he's got great hand positioning and he's he can he can be really versatile and possibly even start doing some two-back situations with him going out into patterns on certain occasions somebody staying in the block or you know rotating in for for blocking and running too so it's going to be really interesting to see how they use the personnel this year yeah, people were, 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 were high on him right away after they drafted him. They drafted him in the fifth round yeah. of NC State. And, and a lot of times when, when there's a, you know that kind of hype around a, a player drafted in that in that round, it, he doesn't always pan out. You know, see Chris Rainey from a number yeah. of years ago. He was came in as a, a, a weapon, and he only lasted one year. So, yeah. But, yeah, he seems to be the real deal, and he can do a lot of things. He's mm-hmm. versatile. What does Mike Tomlin always say? Position flexibility, he yep. loves that. And yep. This guy is like the, the prototype. So, yeah, it's going to be interesting to see how how much of a leap he makes in, in the second year because that's always important for those guys to, to really improve in their first or second year. And, and he, ha- he had a lot of experience at the end of the last year. You mentioned the Patriots game. That was maybe yeah. the last truly great offensive performance that they had as a team, you know, yeah. from anybody on, in their offense. Yeah. And, and they came at, a, at the right time. Yeah, the, uh, you know, obviously the, the, the Super Bowl champion. So uh, he's another guy I'm excited about. So I, I just, you know, I can't. I'm, I'm so excited about camp being a month away. Me too. Me too. And now speaking of camp, yeah, we're, it's a today. We are exactly one month away from the first day of official camp. They show up and report on the 25th, and they start training camp on the 26th. So, what are the storylines that you're anticipating to see at this year's camp, then, Tony? Oh, uh, you, you, we talked about one of them. I, I'm interested to see who's who's gonna gonna you know how, how that receiving core is gonna shake out. Yeah. I mean, yep. You know, he, he, I, he one receiver. I think he has the the, the total skill set to be that. But mm-hmm. you know, he's only gonna go as far as number two guy. So yeah, you know, if Mon, you know Montreal's a, ve- a veteran, he's a professional. He's mm-hmm. been around the block. He's played with a great quarterback in Andrew Luck. So yeah. You know he's got another one in Big Ben. If he can, if he can step up and be that uh, a true number two guy, you know I think that that's that's going to be very important for them. But then again, you know James Washington, he maybe he, he you know they brought him in with the reputation of being a a, a deep threat, and they really they they probably, and he 
he can step up. That's one thing I'm interested in. Another thing I'm interested in is, like everybody else, Devin Bush. I, I just can't wait to oh, see yeah. <laughs> if this guy can tr- truly be a, a, a different here. But I mean, if he can, if he can step in, you know, T.J. Watt is one guy that that stepped right in and performed. But mm-hmm. for their defense, the inside linebacker that that the, the, the role that Shazier played, he 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 was essentially like a, another Troy Polamalu for them. They built their yeah. defense around him. Yep. And and, that, and, and yeah. since yeah, so I, I'm interested to see if he if he can really step in and, and just be the guy from day one. And also, I'm I'm kind of rooting for Artie Burns. I want to see if he can, yeah. if if he can hang on because I I like I like him a lot as a as a person and and, and mm-hmm. he had it at one point. Yeah, he seemed like he was really on on the track to uh to be a, a really good turning, and then he just kind of lost it. Yeah, but they are playing more man to man. That seems to be his strength. So yeah, that could that could be something that 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 he he um helps. You know, find a uh, his way back in, in, in his fourth year. Mm-hmm. The thing that we're not talking about nearly enough is, is is Chris Boswell. I mean, everything that happened last year with the team. Yeah. You know, the dysfunction and and, and all those uh, uh, missing the playoffs and everything that happened in the off season. And mm-hmm. then Boswell performed like he did last year. I mean, here's a guy that was the most reliable kicker in the league for yep. two and a half years. He bailed them out so many times in 2017. Yep. Got, got, the, got to the Pro Bowl. Got a new contract. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> You just think that's that position is locked down. No, and it's it's amazing that they stuck with him. You see so many times too where teams just jettison a kicker for making one bad kick. And yeah, he he had a bad yeah. year. I mean, there's no two ways about it. As as far as for making f- field goals and extra points, he was below the line, as Tomlin likes to say. But I am interested to see if he's able to bounce back to that Pro Bowl form because if he is, that's an it was worth keeping him on the roster for that year to get him back into form. Absolutely, yeah, and and you know the Steelers always play a lot. I mean, everybody in the NFL pretty much plays close games. That's just how the NFL is. Yeah, and you know they're gonna they're gonna need him. They're gonna need him to to be the kicker he was between 2015 when he first signed here and 2017, like when when he got the uh, like you said the, the the big contract. So if he, if he could be that guy again, that's something that's gonna be that's gonna be huge for them because. Mm-hmm. Because if you don't have the if you don't have the guy at the end of the game making the kicks or or if he's missing extra points or you know it, it's just you know, you're losing games by three points and by by less than one score yeah you know that's just it's 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 not that's the difference between nine six and one and thirteen and three yeah it is so. <laughs> definitely is yeah so and also um, the Steeler defense like you were touching on too it seems to hum when you have a playmaker on the defense in the middle of the field whether it's a middle linebacker uh, or whether it's a strong safety with you know like Polamalu like we're saying or a middle linebacker like Shazier and hopefully uh, Bush this year um, one of the things that I'm excited about is that this is going to be the first year since Polamalu retired that we have both starting safeties returning to play the exact same roles that they played in the first season. I mean, they moved Davis around so much. I, I'm sure he wasn't even sure where he was playing, uh, but he played all last year's free safety. Now he's returning as a free safety with a year under his belt. And the same thing with previous rookie uh, Terrell Edmonds uh, coming in now and, and having a, a good first season. And I think, and I'm hoping he'll have a, a good second season. How do you see that, that working out in the safety position this year? 
Uh, that's, that's a great point you brought up. I didn't even know that. That's, yeah. that's excellent. And, and, and I think Sean Davis, he, he, I think it was pretty apparent that he probably with his speed and, and athleticism, he probably should have been a free safety. Mm-hmm. But like you said, they moved him around. He was a slot, slot corner, corner his, yeah. his rookie year. <laughs> yeah. And, and, th- and then they moved him to strong safety when Mike Mitchell was still here, but mm-hmm. he seemed to have found a home last year. He's kind of like a, you know, you know, he's sort of like a, a polarizing figure in, in, in some way. But now the fans think he's really good. Yeah. But you mentioned Terrell Edmonds. He, I think he's somebody that we're not talking about enough either. Yeah, uh, I agree. I mean, he, he he's a he's a first round pick from a year ago, and and, mm-hmm. and some people say he, maybe they reach for him, but I mean he started what 15 games last year because yeah because Morgan Burnett uh, yeah. was injured, and, and they're counting on that more and more. So, mm-hmm. I mean his his contributions this year are are, are going to be pretty vital too. I think to that defense, not just Devin Bush, and you know it, it's it's they're they're never one pick from last year too. We have to we have to keep an eye on him, mm-hmm. and you yep. know I think he's 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 I'm looking forward to see what he can do this training camp in preseason. And that's what the Steelers have been doing that I've at least seen since the Shazier draft is, you know, they've been drafting for speed and athleticism on defense. And it seems like it's all, it's all kind of cultivated into this season. I mean, you've got really, really fast athletic guys, both safety positions, uh, corner positions look like they're good as well with some young fast guys underneath of them, especially playing in the slot and, and I always like Hilton, though. He, Hilton isn't the fastest guy, but he is a playmaker. Uh, but getting, you know, Bush on the field and, and, and with Watt and, and Dupree, they're, you know, you can't discount their speed on the outside. And I think our our offense, our defensive line might be one of the strongest in the in the league as far as for a 3-4 D. I think it's probably the best uh, front three of a 3-4 that I've seen in the league. And another person that you've mentioned in, in your, one of your articles on BehindTheSteelCurtain.com is... Hargrave. I mean, we haven't been talking about Javon Hargrave as well, and and, I, and you pointed it out. So why don't you tell our listeners a bit about what you see from him? Well, I didn't. You know, you don't realize because he doesn't get. He's not a three-down guy, but yeah. But according to Pro Football Focus, he won. I forget the, the percentage, but he, like a, a huge percentage of his matchups, which is big. Wow. I mean, if you if you're beating a guy across from you, yeah, and getting to the quarterback, and he had he had six and a half sacks last year. Yeah, Stefan Tuitt, who who has the big contract and, and, and is, a, is a starter alongside Cam Hayward. He's had 20 for his, his entire career. So yeah. yeah, I think, you know, Hargrave's coming into his fourth year. This is, this is his contract year for, mm-hmm. for his, his rookie contract. He's going to be a free agent next year. This might be a huge year for him mm-hmm. and they might have to find ways to get him on the field more because he's, he appears to be a disruptive force when he's in there, according to the stats and, 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 you know, this could be a, a big year for, for, um, for him, if he can, if he can uh, be a force for them on the inside, I mean, that's just only—it's only, only going to make their defense better. Yeah, and you've got—and if that's the case too, you already have two people on each side of them, uh, a person on each side that is capable of being disruptive with to it. And, um, oh, geez, why am I blanking on freaking <laughs> our team captain Hayward? I mean, <laughs> Hayward. I mean, Hayward's a perennial you know, pro bowler and, and to it is, is he always seems to be right there. I mean, he has streaks where he's just unstoppable and he's dominant and then he'll get these tweak injuries and just kind of back off a little bit and then return. But I mean that they have the potential of being supremely disruptive with all three of them clicking game in game out. And now with these new faster linebackers and faster secondary, and you know, I'm, I'm hoping it translates to more turnovers this season because 
as you as you've also pointed out, the Steelers have been very deficient at their turnovers for you know since 2011. Yeah, it's it's been going on for forever, and, and yeah, you know, I did I I did research on on this years ago because I was always fascinated by by the link between turnovers and Super Bowl champions. Oh, wow. you know, yep. and the average for a Super Bowl winner is uh, just under thirty seven. Wow, and uh, so obviously the Steelers haven't even been close to that. Yeah, we're... but it has it, it has come down a lot recently. I mean, as far as the recent champions, it's it's harder to take the, the ball away now. You know, with mm-hmm. you know the West coast offense and quick pass all the advantages attacks. for the offenses. Yeah. 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 But I mean, definitely, you know, taking the f- football away, you can't get 18 or 19, which has been their average since 2011. You can't, that's just not going to get it done last year. They get 15, which that's not even close yeah. to what you need. So, and, and, and the really fascinating part for them is, I mean, they've been, they've had over a hundred sacks the last two years yes. I and mean, they've been <laughs> among the league leaders and they, and they, they're not getting, not getting turnovers. You, you just, <laughs> yeah, you would assume it would auto, it would just organically lead to takeaways, and, yeah. and it just hasn't. It's just so crazy. And the one thing too, I watched um, T.J. Watt's performance from last year. He put a lot of balls on the ground with strip sacks, and for some reason, the ball just never seemed to bounce the Steelers' way. It's like they've got a couple recoveries out of it, but it it seems it seems like the recovery rate was close to like maybe 30% for, uh, you know, getting those balls that were on the ground. I mean, they're doing their job and they're starting to put balls on the ground. And hopefully the, the balls, if they start bouncing, just hit the other side of the, of the point and go toward a stealer instead of going toward these offensive players. I mean, that, they, that, that number can come up and that sack number can really help out with those turnovers because it seems like Watts yeah, always yeah. looking to make that he's, he's throwing the hammer when he's coming around that corner and he's trying to put that ball on the yeah, ground. And yeah, there's a guy who I think is just, I'm holding my thumb and, and index finger just <laughs> far enough apart. I think he, I think he's just close to being yeah. a a superstar. If he, yeah. You know, Juju, and he's already a superstar. But I think yeah. I think T.J. Watts, he's getting the rarefied air where his brother is. As far as I think he's going to be that good yeah. eventually, and and he is a playmaker, and he is maybe that playmaker that that they've been missing. Yeah. And you mentioned how many times he he put the ball on the ground last year. It's just a matter of time you would think before all these sacks translate into more splash plays by the defense as far as taking the ball away. So yeah. I think TJ Watts is, is, is key to, to, to that because I think he's going to be a, a monster in this league for, for many years. Fingers crossed, man, because I love watching him <laughs> and I love yelling him out, out what every time I see him make a big play. So it's always fun to do. <laughs> I remember that at the Viking game a couple of years ago. I remember, <laughs> I remember uh, he, he made a play in that game. I think it was a sack and, and, and you, and you got up and you said that what said, that was pretty cool. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's super fun to say. I mean, I, I, I took it from little John, not from, uh, and, and from Dave Chappelle's impression of little John for the most part. Uh, but it, it's, it is fun to say it gets you excited. And, you know, I growing up, a Steeler fan, you know, in the 80s, I learned how to root for defense first, and I always want to root for defense. And it, it gets me really excited when defense makes a play. So I'm, I'm looking forward to this defense hopefully making a lot of plays for this for us this year. Yeah, from what I, there, there's a, a local uh, veteran writer who has access. His name's J, uh, Jim Wexman. I, I read an article yeah. from him a few weeks ago, mm-hmm. and he – the, the better athletes are on, on – the defensive side of the ball, which makes sense since yeah. they've focused so much of their draft uh, picks on, on defense the last few years. So mm-hmm. that's exciting. I think the defense, you know, people have been waiting for it to turn a corner and maybe, maybe 2019 is the year that that happens. I'm hoping, man. I'm hoping. 
Tony, it's been a pleasure having you on the podcast. Thanks a lot for joining us and be sure to go out and read Anthony DeFeo's articles on BehindTheSteelCurtain.com and listen to his podcast as well. Your podcast is called? It's called The Steeler Hangover and uh, throughout the, throughout the off season, it, it, it'll be on, we'll be doing it on, uh, it's around six o'clock on Monday, but during the season, it'll be 9.30 Monday nights on, after Sunday night Steeler games. So uh, tune into that every week. And it's, it's really good stuff. Perfect. Tony, always a pleasure, man. It's so great having you. Oh, it was awesome. Uh, and you do a great job too over at, at, at Steeler Nation. It, it's it's just a great, it was just one of my favorite uh, podcasts I've ever done. And uh, awesome. I can't wait to do it again. Awesome. I'll, I'll be having you back, man. You know that. <laughs> so great. Hey, Steeler fans, make sure to come over to SteelerNation.com for some of the best news and football form on the internet. You can tweet us at SteelerNation or Instagram us at SteelerNation.com. Thanks for joining us for the SteelerNation.com podcast, sponsored by Stoney's Brewing. I'm G Stryker with Anthony Tony DeFeo of BehindTheSteelCurtain.com. Rooting along with you as always. Go Steelers!